Welcome into the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios Overtime. Coming at you for the next two hours right here on Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller, Davis Rangy, producer Matthew, intern Bryson. My prediction for yesterday's game was wrong. I'm happy that I was. We got to hear Dixie land the light again. Jonas Adu finishes with a double-double. Vescovy dominated on the boards as well. He had eight, put himself in double digits. And Tennessee only goes with an eight-man rotation throughout the entire game. And it seemed to work out pretty well. The biggest thing that I took away from last night was the fact that you had Jemai Meshack on the floor. He didn't score. He only threw up a few shots, didn't make any of them, but he was so impactful on the defensive side of the ball that he aggravated one of the best players in the country every single minute he was on the floor. Tennessee, over the past 12 months, won two out of three in baseball against Alabama, defeated them in football for the first time in 15 years, and has now knocked them off while they were the number one basketball team in the country. Therefore, Tennessee owns Alabama in everything. We have better interstates. You drive on a Tennessee interstate. Unless you were on 640, unless you're on 640, we have pretty smooth interstates. You go to Alabama, as soon as you cross the state line, you know you're in Alabama because they're so broke and they're so pathetic as a state that they can't fix their interstates. You go over to Tennessee, you smell nature, smell trees, streams, everything. You cross over to the Alabama state line, you smell dirty socks and cheese. In Tennessee, if you're outside of Nashville, you do not see a single billboard for Alexander Shanura. You drive through Alabama every five, probably not even five miles, probably every mile, you will see two billboards for Alexander Shanura. Shanura. Everything is better in Tennessee. And that song that they sing during football season, Dixie Land Light, that's a song about East Tennessee. But they have to play it so they can feel good about themselves. And guess what? We've taken that back too. Yeah. Um, I would just go start by saying it's probably one of the best, uh, best games we've played all year, but we've yet to have a complete game. I mean, I think that was probably a either a I would say either a B minus or C on the offensive end in terms of production. I mean, we got great looks, but we weren't hitting anything, and we still put up 68 points and held the best, according to Kim Palm, offensive efficiency team in the country to 59 points and just run their draws all night long. So, you know, I, I got to give credit to Rick Barnes, man. I mean, we've bashed him before. We're not. I mean, you may consider us Barnes bashers, but ultimately we just want to see the program succeed and win big in the big moments. But that was probably one of his best coaching games so far in his Tennessee career. Um, you got to give him credit for that. They had a great scout for Alabama. I loved the pressure. I loved how they switched it up every once in a while, going from zone to man, back to zone, a little bit of a press. And, you know, Matt, it's just uh, that's a great win. That's what you want to see. That kind of attitude and energy you came out with from the tip, that's what I want to see in March. By God, we're not losing this game. No matter what you do, we are not losing this game. This is a win-at-all-cost, backs-against-the-wall, 
and you came out there and you handled business. That's what we've all been waiting to see in March. You know, well, we've been looking for a consistency over Rick Barnes really his entire career. You know, you got a game like that. Obviously, we've got a big game coming up Saturday night in Lexington, and you hope to follow that up. But and overall, man, it's just that was an awesome win, amazing night, and. You know, I think it's uh, time to discuss the possibility of maybe the fact that we are better without Josiah Jordan James because you look at offensively, offensive wise, the shot selection is better. You're spreading it out over more evenly, shortens the rotation. I think that eight man rotation, I don't think you mess with that at all. I mean, maybe was perfect. Maybe Phillips comes back and he can pro- provide you some defense, but at this point, man, with the eight man rotation you have now over the past three halves, that's been amazing basketball. It's been the best basketball you've played all year long. And I really don't see why we, you would mess this up at this point. Just keep it rolling, man. See how far you can go with this eight man lineup. And before we get to Matthew and Bryson, I just wanted to take a moment to recognize one thing because you mentioned, you know, people consider us Barnes bashers and what have you. And you hit it the nail on the head. You know, we just want to see the team do well, we don't want the team to lose. And someone made the comment that the fan run idiots that want Barnes fired are livid, mad, angry, whatever the tweet was. Nobody on here has ever said fire Rick Barnes. No one has ever said that. We have talked about who would replace him should he retire or if someone were. Or if if he were to get fired. Exactly. But we have not even entertained the thought of saying fire Rick Barnes while we're on air. And I think it's never happened. And I think everybody in this room will be happy to admit when they're wrong. Like I'm happy to be wrong about this game. You know, I came on here Monday or whenever the last show was, Tuesday, I don't even know at this point, but you know, I, I didn't think we'd win this game and I'll gladly say that I was wrong about it. I had a good feeling about it yesterday. We didn't do a show obviously, but I'm very glad to be happy about it and I just hope this team can keep uh exceeding our expectations and everybody else's. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I, I can admit when I'm wrong. You know, I'm happy about the win, but, I mean, I'm not going to sit up here and say that uh, everything I say is correct when, obviously, we all thought we weren't going to win the game because, I mean, you look at past games, and we can admit we were wrong on that. We're very happy. But I think I want to go back to the Tuesday show. We had a show that when me and Davis talked about the keys of the game, I think we had a total of eight keys of the game, and I think – Almost every single one of those keys was taken care of. Um, I got them right here, Tuesday, man, if you yeah. want them. Well, one of the big things was dominate the boards because, you know, Olivier Kamwa, our leading rebounder going in this game, was averaging what their third best rebounder was. And I'm pretty sure there was only like a three-rebound difference. We had 14 more shots at half. So it was start fast. Which we did. Which, I mean, it was close in the beginning, but yes. you start out with the mindset of aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. Limit turnovers. You did that. Rebound. No second chances. You really did that for the majority of the mm-hmm. part. I would say we did a great job on second tra- chance. We give Euros a lot of crap, but he had a that's probably one of the most solid games he's had in a Tennessee uniform. I mean that when he got the offensive rebound immediately, this is exactly what Alabama does. Get the offensive rebound, immediately kick it back out to three. You had Ziegler wide open, bucket. Like that's exactly what you want to see. Small ball, four guards. Uh I I wouldn't say we it was a little different though, yeah. because I do and you know, I do really stepped up. I didn't see him having a fifteen and ten game. Mm-hmm. Last one, play loose. I think we that was probably the loosest we've played all year besides Missouri. And then my three keys were limit Brandon Miller, which you did. You had what fifteen points and he fouled out. Yeah, correct. Yes, I said get out in transition, which I felt like 
they did a better job. We of, did, hey, we did have some yes, fast break points. We this did game. a better job of getting out in transition. And yeah. my third point was don't care about getting pulled out, which I felt since they played loose last night, they didn't care. And they weren't looking over their shoulder every five seconds. They were playing their style of ball. Yeah, I think yeah. Key was a little overthinking it. Yeah, a little bit, but I don't think that his shot. I can live with his shots. Most of his shots that he took last night, like I'll let him shoot those. Yeah, I, I, I will live with a mid range or three or anything. Especially with the way he's been playing the past yeah. two games before last night, like those are good shots. Yeah, I mean, y'all have hit it all. One thing I want to hit on is just how how great the bigs were last night. They haven't gotten enough credit, I feel like. Jonas, and I mean, I mean, aside from Euros, he had a couple just awful fouls late, um, which we talked about in our group chat last night. But, I mean, Meshack, obviously, but credit to Rick Barnes. This is, like, the first time that I can remember all year where he he stuck with the rotation in the first four minutes of the game. We didn't sub. We let the game find a flow, find a rhythm, which was refreshing to see, but – uh, it's time to turn the page. Uh, good win, but we have a huge game interrupt. This game means a lot to Kentucky, especially for seeding purposes. So it's time to turn the page. Yeah, Kentucky needs this game a lot more than we do. That, that they do. I mean, they are they're they're hurting right now. I mean, they're not real, and they've been playing better ball. But to get really solidify themselves into the tournament, they got to win Saturday. And they had a good win last night. I want to point something out. Last night, me and Davis were watching the game together, and I mean. The only downside of last night's game was these referees were literally flipping a coin, basically, yeah. on uh, charges, jobs. blocks, everything. I mean, it's the only bad – that was the only downside of last night. Well, everyone wants to blame the referees if you're Alabama. And you look at the stats and you look at the comparison of the fouls, Alabama only had three more fouls called on them than what we had called on us. Well, like, I, I just don't – like, in the first half, Meshack, yes, he was out of control, but he was in the restricted area. That is a block. His foot was in the restricted area, and they called it a charge. And then in the second half, I think it was Quinterly was driving down. We were moving. The guy was literally moving his feet. I forgot who it was. Puts his shoulder in him. That's a basketball play. It's really a no-call if you ask me, but they called it, it Olivier. Olivier? Yeah. yeah, it was Olivier. He was like, literally moving the whole time. And they called it a charge they on that charge, one. So, yeah. they, like, there's no consistency and then in the that next point. Time, then the next time, they called it a charge, and then it was like Tyreek Key was – someone was driving, thinking about it, Bradley – he literally just like bumped into Tyreek Key, made an AM1, they call it a block. So it's like there was no consistency at all with the referees. Absolutely not. And one more thing before we get to – or two more things before we get to the phones. Uh, number one, the uniforms that we wore last night were the same ones we wore against Texas. Those need to be keep, your primary home uniforms. Keep wearing them. And mm-hmm. then make a road version of those. Orange with the white cream yes. balls. Yes. Oh, man. The white cream numbers, outlines. Yes. And second of all – can we do away with the, oh, well, we're their Super Bowl. Can we do away with that saying, please? You know what I think of every time I hear that or see that? Cringe. That, I think of these people <laughs> on, <laughs> yes, Matthew. Um, like, you see it all the time on TikTok or just in person. Oh, my God. Can you put this in the end spot? Oh, my God. It's so tender. It's like, hey, how do you want to cook the steak? Oh, my God, let's cook it in the Instant Pot. It's so tender. I, 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 I don't understand. I, what it's so saying. tender. The logic makes no sense because either way you lost. Super Bowl. Super Bowl or not, you lost the game. Yep. And you're the number one team in the country. Act like it. Like, everybody's going to be gunning for you. Like, this is just a new concept for Alabama. It's the first time they ever watched a basketball game in their life. When our friend Tyler Wyatt, who came on the show a few weeks ago, 
uh, talking some NFL betting with us during the uh, wild card round, I think it was. He put out a stat last night, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, but over the past, I think, 20 games, ones and twos have played. The one and two team only have a 44% winning percentage in those games. Yeah, yeah it was uh, – yeah, I think it was no. I think it's the other way around. It's fifty. There's like a fifty-five percent winning percentage this year, this year alone, or something like that. It, but it was like I thought it was forty-four. They have a stat last night where it's like they were like fifty-one percent on the road or something. It's been a. It's it's been around the forty-four to fifty. Like there's not been this year has been the most like upsets of yeah. the top seed like ever. It's like the most losses in and before the tournament. Yeah, it's for the. Uh, can we come on, try. Like conference conference championships. Yeah, yes. conference championships. Is everybody else in here only running on one and a half hours of sleep? Pretty much, yeah. That's what I'm running on right yeah. now. Yeah, Pretty man. much, yeah. It's been a long day. Yep. My face hurts. Let's go back. We've not even went there yet. Let's go to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Fake Bob is first. What do you say, Fake Bob? Good evening, boys. What's up? Y'all are talking about players out of control sometimes, like Mayshack that, that Quinterly for Alabama, he can either play him in a game or throw him out of the game. Well, we came in here, what, I mean, two years ago? And, I mean, he absolutely killed us. So, it's either that or what you got last night. The message boards were on him last night. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, I think he had, like, six or seven of their turnovers in that last one. <laughs> he just coming down court and try to go behind his back. I mean, even if he would have got that move, he didn't have any kind of play there. No, nah, this isn't high school anymore. This isn't Jelly Fam. If you go watch his high school mixtapes, he like that's how exactly how he played in high school. Jelly Fam. Yep, he's originator. And uh, enough can't be said about Mayshack. I mean, that was a, really the first time I watched Brandon Miller play, and like you can just tell just by his body and stuff. I, I looked at him, I'm like, yeah, that's the NBA player, and some of the moves he was making. But Mayshack, I mean, when he shut him down when he was on the court. Uh, he did 100%. And, you know, you mentioned Brandon Miller about how he's just got that body and really the ability to. I mean, there's a reason why he's going to be a top five pick. I mean, he's got the talent, the size. It reminds me of KD a little bit. A little bit. And there, was, there was one play last night where they were coming down fast break and Olivier was just lost and Brandon Miller was wide open and said, yep, that's a bucket. Ah! And yep. right in Euros's face, we talked about yep. <laughs> yeah him trying Euros trying to guard him on the perimeter. But I mean, good contest, but better shot. I mean, you can't really say much negative about last night's game. The only thing that you could nitpick is foul shooting, of course, and then you you got to get better about hitting some of them open shots because it wouldn't have been a game if we would have hit 10, 10 more of those shots. Yeah, that that kind of defense where, and also where you're hitting open shots, and you're like you get an A plus game on defense like that, and an A plus game on offense. That's you're you could win a national championship. Yeah, and I mean, I I gave Alabama some credit last night. It seemed like every time that we got up like seven to nine points, and it seemed like we were about to go hit double figures. I mean, they would come down and just flash a three or get a in one, and it was just. Every single time we, I don't think we have ever hit a ten point lead last night. What was it like right before the half? A walk went to the free throw line. We're up six, and he missed the two free throws, mm-hmm. and they go back down, and they ended up tying it. Like that was huge. Mm-hmm. Had we not won the game, that would have been a big swing point right there. Yeah, I just it was it was a good game, and 
Ziggler and Basically did what they were supposed to, and I cringed there at the end of the game when Basically missed that first one, and I'm like, it's in his head now. And then he came back and hit the last four. I think that was some weight off his shoulders. You can just tell that he. I mean, even the announcer said, "Yeah, he's just shaking his head after he made that one." Uh, I'm just. Uh, we're just going to have to play a different type of game, I think, when we go up to Kentucky because we're not going to get that kind of whistle mm-hmm. Saturday where they're going to let us play as physical as we was last night. No, I mean, let's call it like it is. Uros, when he got that one foul, is in the first half. Oh, and then he got another foul that nobody even paid attention to what he slapped the dude in the face and then didn't even try to help the Ru- guy out. Rupperies would have thrown him out probably Is there that. no flagrant foul in college yeah. <laughs> basketball? It doesn't exist. It does not exist, man. I mean, he got him in the nose, man. Oh, he smacked him. That's, he, mean, knew it, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. It's, I mean, if you did that in the NBA, you'd throw it out of the game. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no flagrant foul. Oh, you'd have to roll LeBron out on a stretcher. I mean, it was ridiculous last night. So, uh, I'm on way out talking about Saturday. Um, say Phillips is back because I don't see Josiah coming back for a couple more games. How would you do the rotation? And I'll uh, hang up and listen. Appreciate the phone call, thank Bob. Uh, whatever you did last night, just keep doing it. Yeah, yeah Phillips yeah. should come off the bench. Honestly, I, I, let's be real here, man. Even if Phillips is healthy, I wouldn't put him in until, unless you're just getting absolutely destroyed yeah. and you need something different. But I don't think I don't think you're going to get destroyed Saturday if you play the same lineup. It's going to be a tough game. I don't think you're going to go up there and blow them out or anything. But I could see you winning a close game, or you could be losing lose by about like ten or something. Let's get it from the perspective of uh, of an opposing fan. TJ, the Kentucky fan, is next. What do you say, TJ? All right, I'm going to be as quick as I can. I'm long winded, but I got a lot to say about the opening monologue from y'all and that last caller. What about Alabama seeing like 50 million billboards for Alexander Shinura? No, 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 no. I get it. All of the rupperies. It's eight versus five when we go to rup. You want the truth? I'm pretty sure the last, I don't know, I'm pretty sure y'all have won like the last four out of seven or eight times at rup. And that's just the way the rivalry has been. We won at Tennessee this year. I'm not, I won't be surprised at all. If Tennessee goes in there and they get about an eight to a ten point win, here's another thing: the Super Bowl talk. I hate it too. I never say a team is our Super Bowl, but the fact that Tennessee fans—I I forgot who said it with you right now. Russell said it too, and so did Bear. The fact that Tennessee fans think Kentucky has to win this game Saturday is just absurd. To me, the more important games are the games after. That sure, if we beat Tennessee, a top ten team, yes, that punches our ticket into the tourney. We can breathe a little bit. I get it. But if we lose this game, yeah, I don't think it'll have any effect on our tournament seeding or our tournament hopes since we have already beaten Tennessee at Tennessee. Hmm. Ah! <laughs> I get it. You still there? Oh, okay. Well. I mean, y'all's best qual. I would say your best quality game after us is at Arkansas. Would you agree? Probably, but since the way things worked out last night with you guys beating Alabama, and I think it was Texas A&M beating Auburn or Arkansas. Arkansas, yeah. We went yeah. from we went from one quad win to three quad wins. So we've got a quad win against y'all. 
got a quad win against Texas A&M, and a quad one win against Mississippi State. So I think personally that helps us more than beating you guys at home, in my opinion. And if we do go beat Auburn, if we do go beat Arkansas, if we do handle Florida, which is a quad two win, I think, even without Castleton, those three games right there will get us into the tournament, not the Tennessee win. Or loss, I should say, loss. Tennessee win will get us in definitely, but if we lose to Tennessee, I don't see it having any effect. So you think that if you lose this Saturday – that it's not going to have any effect on your seating. I do not whatsoever right now because because right now we're like the 68th, 69th team in. <clears throat> if we lose to, what are y'all, rank 6th or 10th or something like that, if we lose to a top 10 team, now, if y'all go in there and beat us by 50, oh, that's out the door. Okay, good. We don't deserve to be in there. But if we lose a single-digit game, a 10-point game, but then we go – four and one the rest of the way, even three and two and win two tournament games, I think we're in. Well, that's enough of that. I don't know. I I, I was confused what you saying. The yeah. best would be, they have two good wins on their schedule. If I'm at, at Tennessee, obviously, and at home they beat A&M by nine. Yeah. Besides that, I'm not seeing any great wins. Sorry to cut you off, TJ. We got to head to break. Stay with us. Overtime continues. More Fan Run Radio on the way. Spend my dollar. Park and holler needs a mountain moonlight. Hold her up tight. Make a little loving. A little turn loving on a Mason Dixon line. Fits my life. Goes so right. My Dixie. Back here on Overtime, Fan Run Radio, Matthew. Do not turn that bumper down. All right. Just leave it where it is. It's a beautiful song, is it not? It is. That's our song. Let's go back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Tommy is next. What do you say, Tommy? Oh, that that song was just music to my ears. How y'all doing this evening? Living the dream, man. Hey, Tommy, we we got a little surprise for you tomorrow. Okay. Maybe a surprise guest appearance. Oh, okay. I'm, oh, I'm, oh yeah. I'm ready for that. Oh, it's uh, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. You might not recognize the name at first, but when you think about it, you're going to know who it is. All righty. I'll have to tune in for that. I can't wait. Boys, real quick, um, I thank every one of us at the station and all across you know, ball sports. uh we was wrong. We didn't expect to go in there and play like we did. But oh, oh you know how much money I lost last night. Yeah, but hey, it's all it's all for a good cause. Hey, I bought the win. That's right, man. That defense they smothered them. I mean, they they forced them to turn the ball over what nineteen times. And even though we weren't making shots that we usually make, Kai Ziegler and they do, they just everybody just showed up. And once they got in front, it was kind of really in. And no doubt that we six and win that game. Yeah, I mean, that was the big key is just, you know, one of the things we mentioned on yesterday, or excuse me, on Tuesday, you know, get off to the fast start. That's what David said. 
you got to dominate the boards. And that was the one thing that really scared me, and I was more than impressed with the way we handled that last night. Adu, I think he had 11, and then Vescovy had eight. Yeah. And then some more scattered throughout. And limiting the turnovers. I mean, Tommy just said they had 19. We only had seven. So you won the turnover battle. You got more offensive rebounds than them. They got 40 to your 33 rebounds, but you attempted 15 more shots. So that's going to happen. Right. I think well, Javon, I know I'm used to it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bob. I think Javon go Quinterly ahead. had the same number of turnovers as we had as a team. Yeah, he had six. We yeah. had seven as a team. Yeah. Yeah, all in all, it was a great game. I I, I planned on watching the, the first half of it, and then I was like, yeah, if it gets bad, I'm just I'm going out to the shop. But then I I stuck there in front of the TV, standing up. I was texting Jake and Buddy Vars, and it was a it was a good win. I was glad to get it, glad for the guys. But I know I'm usually a later caller, but Jake, hearing about I don't know what thirty minutes, fixing had the dual races. Yes, we are. And did you see Tommy? And this is for reference. This team has not touched this company since the nineties when Jeff Gordon was in the 24. Hendrick Motorsports, no longer partnered with Mountain Dew, partners with Coca-Cola for the first time since Jeff Gordon's rookie year, I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tommy. That's it. That's it. You're exactly right. That is – that's awesome. That means I don't have to drink Mountain Dew anymore. Well, and, and another thing, you're talking about sponsorship. It's amazing. I was watching their truck practice just right before I called in that the primary sponsors went back to the Craftsman Truck Series. Yeah, that's uh, – it's Very cool nostalgic. It's, it's, it's cool to see that big Craftsman logo up there. But what I tell you about them Hendrick cars showing up at Daytona sitting on the front row with all that speed, my boy Alex Bowman went out there, and he's got a rocket ship. But the only downfall with that, 99% of the time, if your car is that fast, it is not going to handle well in traffic. You are going to be in the way. You're probably going to cause a wreck. You look at your Penske cars, the Ford Camp has the best plate track cars in the business they're pretty fast but when they get in the pack they can make moves without fish tailing and without the car just you know going completely insane so it's going to be interesting to see how this deal goes tonight you're going to look at william byron and alex bowman starting on the front row look for them to run out front just for a few laps and they're going to drop to the bottom go to the back of the field because this race means nothing to them they're they're locked into the front row no they've got a good car they, they need to preserve that car do not ruin that car Exactly. I mean, that's six, year, that's six years in a row uh, Chevrolet has swept the top two spots, and it's usually uh, William Byron and Alex Bowman. And they've so, got great cars, man. And, you know, of course, the deal with Daytona and Talladega, of course, a lot of people think it's just about who has the fastest car. You have to be able to maneuver your way through traffic if you're trying to make a move. It's all about the draft. Because you do not want to be a sitting duck at one of these tracks. I mean, you can have your car trimmed out where she's fast by herself and she's a rocket, but as soon as somebody comes up and bumps you or you you finally get in traffic, say you're mid-pack, you're even three rows back. There's a lot of turbulence, a lot of wind maneuvering around that car, and it makes it just completely unstable because it's not set up for that. It's set up for raw speed. So if, as long as you can go out front and stay out front, which we know that doesn't happen, uh, you're pretty good. But if you ever have a bad pit stop or just, use the wrong move at the wrong time and get mid-pack, uh, you're going to have your hands full for a while. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see. We're probably going to turn it on in here 
uh, here in about 25 minutes. Introduce All Davis right. to the world what, of NASCAR. What's it, what, what channel is this you know, on? FS1. What exactly is happening in 24 minutes? So, Tommy, ex- correct me if I'm wrong. So, they had qualifying last night. That decides the first two rows. or the, Just the front row. Just the front row. Yeah, just and the then front row. Tonight's uh, duels, you got two races, your odd number qualifiers, your even number qualifiers. That determines where you're going to start the race. Yes, that'll, that'll determine the second row on back there. And then you have your your uh, non-charter teams who couldn't qualify qualify in on time as Jimmy Johnson and Travis Pastrana did. Their cars was fast enough. They was able to qualify in on time. These other guys are going to have to race each other and beat their driver to qualify into the Daytona 500. If you don't, you're on the trailer and you're headed back home. And that's a lot of money spent to not make the race. So is it, what, two cars per row, correct? Yes. Yes. Hmm. So... Yes, they determine the front two cars. Yes, um, you're number one, you're number two. Uh, so basically a bunch of qualifying races, basically? That's basically what these two are. And this is the only race throughout the year that this happens. So how do they how do they determine, like, the rows in other races? Oh, uh, it's just based off qualifying. Uh, yeah. This is kind of a... Uh, it's one of the one outlier. It's a qualifying race. It's just a one-time deal we do it for... Daytona 500 is the Super Bowl of NASCAR, so we start our season with the Super Bowl instead of ending with the Super Bowl. You know, and that's one thing, Tommy, that kind of does aggravate me a little bit. It's like the biggest race of the year is the first race, and then a lot of people tailor off. They don't lose or they lose interest, don't pay attention after that. One of the things that I would like to see adjusted with the NASCAR schedule is your last race of the year. Make it chaos. Do it at Daytona. And do it on Labor Day weekend. Cut the season back. Eliminate some of these races where you're going to the track twice and it's a terrible race. Both times you go like, man, we've had this conversation before. I hate Pocono. New Hampshire. I I can't stand it. I hate New Hampshire. Get rid of it. Kansas. I mean, just a lot of these tracks, they have similar setups. Obviously, keep Texas, keep Atlanta. And, you know, tracks like that, those are your most well-known tracks, I would say, outside of Talladega. Talladega and Daytona, Bristol. Obviously, you got to keep Martinsville. Um, it's going to be interesting when Auto Club out in Fontana when it goes that long paperclip format. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the fence about that. When I think Auto Club's a pretty good track, and there's other short tracks around that area that they could go to. But and, it's like another you know, Michigan. That's what I love about it. It's like Michigan. Yes, I mean everybody thinks about high-speed racing is Daytona and Talladega. You go to Michigan, them cars, they are way on tight. I never will forget, and I didn't realize they would get this fast at Michigan, but I think Dale Jr. one year, like he was averaging down the back straight away. I think it was averaging like 208. Right. And for reference, this is not like driving your car on the street. You're basically driving a shell with a lot of weight towards the front of the car. All your momentum is coming from the back. It's a real rear-wheel drive car. And it's, I mean, Tommy, even on iRacing, these things are hard to handle. Oh, yeah, and, and these tracks, they're not just like riding down the Tennessee interstate, like you said. They're pretty smooth. Oh, these these are tracks are like driving down the Alabama interstate. They are pretty bumpy. They look good and smooth from a TV, but you get to looking and watching the cars. You see sparks come out from under them. You see the wheel turning right in the left-hand turn because the damn thing's about to spin out on you. But, uh, I mean, these guys are driving these cars. Yeah. 
it is. It's going to be interesting to see Davis's thoughts here in about 20 minutes. Well, All right, well, keep me updated on that. I'll let some folks get in here and talk a little sports. I know I'm about to run y'all's show off with the with the NASCAR talk. but You would uh, be shocked. Already, you would be shocked. Well, I figured it was just me, you, and Bryson, Justin Hanna, and Westchester. Oh, no. Jordan, the guy that calls in with the stats? Yeah. Big NASCAR guy. Awesome. Yeah. Well, maybe we can, we can turn Davis on. That way we can just have us a little segment one day. Absolutely. Tommy, appreciate the phone call, buddy. All right, y'all have a good evening. That is Tommy giving us all the NASCAR info we need and more. 20 minutes, man. It's a lot. It's a, whoa. It's the most NASCAR info I've heard in years, my life. Centuries, decades. I'm going to take y'all to Bristol. Boys, I'm going to go up there. The only thing I'm wearing into this track are my shorts, my Chacos, and a pair of sunglasses. No jorts? No. No no comb over? (laughs) I don't have a comb over, buddy. <laughs> comb over. If anything, I've got the Bama Banks. Comb over and croquis. Well, he will have the croquis. I will have the croquis. <laughs> there will be no shirt. When it, when is this? Uh, Bristol's gonna be in April. I got exams, so yeah. <laughs> Man, well, I'll be sick that day. <laughs> yeah. No, you will not. Uh, eh, Bristol. See. I don't know, man. I've <clears throat> one time in Bristol was. Uh, that might have been enough for me. The football game, Battle of Bristol. This is a completely different experience. You could see people fight. There's people literally sleeping in the bed of the truck because they couldn't get out. There's so much traffic. They just said, screw it. Just found like a newspaper or something and just for a blanket and just went to sleep. <laughs> Here's the one thing I will say about Bristol. Bryson, you can back me up on this. If you think you're really drunk, look to your left and look to your right and you will find out who really is really drunk stay with us overtime continues more fan run radio on the way Back here on Overtime, Fan Run Radio. He follows orders. Yep, I do my job. That he does. It is time to figure out who is going to score 20-plus in the NBA tonight. Davis, hit us with the stats from the other night. Um, Tuesday night, you and Bryson went 4-1. and one. Um, Carried us through, Brent. Me and producer Matthew went 5-0. and oh. oh, what was the one we got wrong? Clay Thompson. 20-plus. Bum. Had, he had an 18. Yeah. What a bum. That was his first night of – first time being on a back-to-back since uh, 2019. Yep. What a chump. This is uh, the last set of NBA games until next Tuesday? No, it's longer than that. Um, it's like a nine-day break, man. I mean, it was – Well, for oh, LaMelo, it is. Next, next Thursday. Next Thursday, yeah. Yeah. So a week. Yep. Um, yeah, so this will be the last one for a hot minute. Yep. Yeah, unless you want some all-star picks for this weekend. 
which I'm not even going to touch. Uh, I kind of like, uh, I don't even know, man. Julius Randle's at the three-point no, contest? Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I like. I kind of like Hero. I think. I think he would, I like uh, Hero or Dame. Kevin Herter, honestly. Yeah, I like Dame. Or even Marketing. Marketing was like plus 700 when I looked. Mm-hmm. So this one's going to be tough tonight, guys. We've only got three, three games. games. It's going to be a lot of uh, sleeper picks. Yep. <laughs> get, lot of, who's of, your sleeper? A lot of plus odds tonight. <laughs> I'm actually going to build one. Off this? <laughs> Off of this. Okay. So you all have first pick. You all went 5-0 the other night. Who we got? Giannis 20 plus. Yep. Is he playing? Yep. I assume so. It's a TNT game, so. It doesn't matter. He is playing, man. Interesting. He's not showing up. Probably because his odds are probably at a 30 plus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Y'all take him. I'm going to take Zach Levine. Uh, I will take. Is Anthony Edwards playing tonight? Yes. Uh, Give me Ant. Who we got, Bryson? Uh, Kyle Kuzma. Before y'all take him. Damn it, man. Um, I'm going to go Kawhi 20 plus Give me Devin Booker I'll go Y'all's pick Drew Holiday uh, What do you have You have like 40 yeah. 40 He had the game winner too Yep So I'll go with Kristaps uh, Porzingis Mm. Little Porzingis pick. I like it. <laughs> I do too. <sighs> okay. We're running out of guys. Who? Oh, wait, it's my turn. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I think it's our last one. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't do it, man. <laughs> oh, man. If you want a real sleeper pick, man, nah, nah I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Monte Morris. Oh, Paul George 20 plus. Hello. Hmm. Yep. We know Rudy Gobert ain't going to score 20 plus. Absolutely. I was going to go Gobert, maybe. Yeah. But that, <laughs> got it. I don't know. Just got to get big names at this point. Uh, Daniel Gafford on Rudy <laughs> Gobert, man. If you can't score 20 plus, then you need to get out of the NBA. Marcus Morris is at plus 900 odds right now. Oh, he plays for the Clippers. Uh, yeah, that ain't going to happen. Uh-uh. No. Uh, you know what? Bryson, DeAndre Ayton is who right. we're going to go with. That's who, that's who I thought you last. I thought you were going to go DeMore, honestly. <laughs> I was going to go Mike Conley, see what the <laughs> odds are on that, man. Uh, DeMore DeMore is out tonight anyway. Yeah. What are the odds on Monte Morris, 20-plus? Goodness. Like, Monte Morris for the Wizards. <laughs> Kendrick Nunn? <laughs> oh, Balling man. like I'm Kendrick Nunn, man. <laughs> I'll be honest, I forgot he was still in the league. And he got traded. Oh, yeah, he got traded. Kendrick Nunn, he had... Uh, hey, Mike Conley, plus 950. Yeah, I mean, he's matched up against Monte Morris tonight. Yeah, I don't so. know. No defense being played in that game. So, if you add him to this parlay, so right now you couldn't take Giannis, but all the other nine picks, 10 bucks will pay out 200 bucks. Huh. Ooh. I wonder what a Nas Reed odds look like. What about a little Jaden McDaniels? Let's see here. Nasri has had twenty. He's at plus seven hundred. Who? Jaden McDaniels. Mm. Jordan McLaughlin. We have odds on him. Oh goodness! If I put Mike Conley in this, it goes from a two hundred dollar payout to a twenty four hundred dollar payout. <laughs> what are you? What are your odds on Landry Shamit? <laughs> Let's see, Matthew. 
I'm just naming all players that score under 10 what points. Are you trying to make them win the lottery? This is just <laughs> not going to happen, man. Landry Shamit. At least I'm not saying Saban Lee. Or Josh Akogi. <sighs> who's averaging a good old 5.9 points per game. The same odds as P.J. Tucker, 20 plus. <laughs> Hey, you want to you want to make an undo campaign and PJ Tucker campaign unders? hasn't paid since, played since November, so. <laughs> sure. Hey, and I've got a ten dollar free bet. There you go. You know what? You know what? That nine leg that we just made, with the exception of Giannis, I'm gonna use my free bet on it. I'll try to win two hundred bucks tonight. Interesting. Ugh. Yeah, Cameron Payne is out with a foot injury. It says. Since I don't know, all he does is cardio. So I wonder why. Well, if you only do cardio, you're going to put a lot of stress on your legs and on your feet and your ankles. If you're like him, you need to go see Dr. Laura Linderman at Linderman Sports Medicine. Get yourself back in the game of life without going under the knife. Check them out online at LindermanSportsMedicine.com. That was a wonderful transition. Well. Every time that our backs hurt, our feet hurt. Every day. My face hurts. Basically every day that I leave work. Who do you have winning the dunk contest? <laughs> out of out of Kevin Porter Jr., Jericho Sims, Mac McClung, and... Mac. Jericho, uh, Jericho Sims is the favorite to yeah. win it. Who's the other guy in it? Mac McClung, Jericho Sims. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. KPJ. Shaden Sharp was in it. He dropped. I can't even name you the other bum. Jamie Evans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, guest appearance back in his home, his city of Salt Lake. So, we got Mac McClung, Jericho Sims, Kenyon Martin Jr., and Trey Murphy the third. Oh, Mac yeah. McClung has the best odds right now of winning the slam dunk contest. He said uh, today he was going to do two dunks that have never been done before. Oh. It's, it's Kevin Morton. Okay. And who's it? Trey Murphy the third? Oh, yeah. Kenyon Martin. Yeah. Kenyon Martin's son, man. Yeah. Hmm. The second. Huh. Trey Murphy the third. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be tuning in to watch I'm this. I'm not. I, I, I really, the best event is the three point oh. contest. Oh. Skills challenge, man. I found the uh. bet that I'm going to make for the three point contest. Tyler Hero? Nope. Kevin Hooters? I don't know. Julius Randle, his odds like plus twenty five thousand, plus nine fifty. He has the worst odds right now. <laughs> yep. Tyler Hero has the second worst odds at plus eight hundred. That might be a play. Yeah, I like Hero. I like Hero too. I don't know. Guess who else is in the three point contest? Uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Not picking him. Nope. I don't know who's gonna who's uh, who's gonna go undo. You gotta think. Uh, you, you gotta think of like who's returning. Like who's who's done this before? Because they threw Bain in there last year, and yep. I really like Desmond Bain. But that, that was his first time ever doing it, and he was the first one to do it. Uh-huh. I think he put up like a seventeen or something. Uh-huh. Well, people forget like how tough it is. Just shooting. you've got what sixty seconds to get all the way around the floor. You have five spots, five balls, so you gotta shoot twenty-five and sixty seconds. One every two seconds, basically. And you gotta you gotta have a strategy. Also, you gotta have where you want your money balls. Which count yeah. for two instead of one? And, I'd want mine first, to be honest with you. And they have uh, the what the Mountain Dew, the Mountain Dew, Dew ball, which is worth like three, but yeah. it's like ten feet behind the three point line. Yeah. So, three point contest odds: Buddy Hield plus four twenty. Buddy's D- won it before. Uh huh. Dame plus four seventy. 
Tatum, plus 550. Tatum's in it? Yeah. Kevin Herter, plus 550. Lori Markinen, plus 650. Ty Reese, plus 650. Tyler Hero, plus 800. Man, I I don't know. I feel good about that one. My thing is... Like, if you were going to take an underdog bet in anything this weekend, that would be... Has it. Hero ever done it? I don't think Hero's ever done it before. I don't think so. But last year, who won it? Cat? Cat won it, which is a... That's a sham. It's a joke, man. The best shooting big man of all time. In the playoffs, he was ass. Yep. Literally. Yep. Crunch time, we're going to pull a three from the logo. Yep. Crunch crunch time, going to take an ISO at the top of the key and pull a three. You're seven foot tall with uh, John Moran on you. It goes up to your hip. Let's just pull it from half court. Yep. Goodness. Soft as Charmin. Yep, what a joke he is. <laughs> He's Happy. going in on Cat right now, aren't we? Yep, yep. he's Happy. a loser. Loser, bum. He's Fraud. the only player that I've ever seen get in a fight and actually tap out. That's Ant's team, man. Yeah. Go get, to China. Yeah, give the ball to Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards can play one-on-five and still put a better effort than Rudy Gobert and Cat combined. Cat's not in the All-Star game. No, he's been no, injured he's been since injured September. Since, yeah. And who from that team made the All-Star Anthony yeah, Edwards, exactly. but he wasn't originally he wasn't, selected, yeah, True. He, he was, uh, which was a snub. Yeah, it was a snub. I mean, he deserves to be there, unlike Zion. Anthony does. Anthony or Anthony Edwards does. Uh, Zion, you know, he's he's played twenty games and now he he's hurt his foot there. again. Yep. Probably because there's so much damn weight on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd rather see Anthony Edwards play than Jaron Jackson Jr. He's probably gonna foul out. What do he look like, Matthew? Who? Zion? Yeah, he looked like Chuck and Shaq had a baby. Yep. Absolutely just disgraced to basketball when he plays. <laughs> Stay with us. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two of overtime coming up right here on Fan Run Radio.